Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life the podcast where we explore the diverse dimensions of well-being I'm your host Avik and today we are joined by a distinguished guest I'm talking about Dr John Janis Welcome to the show Dr John Thank you so much Avik I'm so happy to be here Great uh so Dr John like before we start our conversation uh I would love to mention this to all of our listeners uh like dr john uh is renowned as the boob dog on social media so dr janis is not only a leading plastic surgeon but also a passionate advocate for the self improvement art and the overall health and the wellness so uh like uh he he is uh, a certified american board of plastic surgery and has dedicated his career helping the individuals feel better about themselves so with a unique blend of uh, medical expertise and the artistic flair he specializes in cosmetic cosmetic breast surgery and also the facial rejuvenation so his journey began like uh with the degrees in human biology and the studio art form stanford university followed by the medical training in the university of cincinnati college of medicine so he his immer- i mean immersion in the art and the art history in florence italy has deeply influenced his surgical artistry um, of the renaissance So uh a newsweek recognized Dr Janis as one of the nation's top surgeon uh for his expertise in the cosmetic breast enhancements and having performed over 5000 augmentations so beyond the surgical excellence he is also a accomplished author with best selling books contributing to the field So not limited to the operating room uh, he has expanded his commitment to the well-being through the launch of Janis uh, brand beauty health and the wellness products so with janis.com z a l n i s.com he offers a range of uh, uh, nutraceuticals designed for the longevity and also achieving the health and the self improvement goals from the comfort of home So join us today as we delve into the intersections of the artistry, medicine, and the holistic wellness with Dr. John. So welcome to the show again, Doctor. Avik, you nailed it, man. That's the best intro I've ever had. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. But no, you got it exactly right. That's that's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I read the bio, and from there it really attracted me as well because it's it's a lot of things to learn from you. 
it's uh, it's well, I would salute you for sure. Well, thank you. I mean, I have a di- diverse set of interests, but it seems like um, they all stem from just being a creative kind of person and a person that that likes to make things and work with your hands. And so, of course, that ultimately led me to plastic surgery. But um, I just I love everything that has to do with um, art and creating and and um, beauty and health and all of the things that you talk about on your podcast with wellness. They all fit together because we're we're holistic beings. We can't just take it part by part. So um, I love exploring those intersections and just serving my patients and the public however best I can. Just if I have a little bit of knowledge, it's all for you. So ask away. And um, I hope people can gain something from it. Exactly. So uh, start with like, uh, just to understand like uh, a bit about your journey and what inspired you to become a plastic surgeon with a focus on uh, cosmetic breast surgery and the facial rejuvenation. Yeah, that's um, that's something I get asked all the time is, you know, how did you get into uh, plastic surgery? And it really wasn't on my radar going through high school and college. Um, I think I decided I wanted to be a surgeon when I was in high school. Uh, I've like I said, I've always been an artist. I studied art growing up, up through uh, elementary school and high school and even uh, minored in it at university. But um, I've also been someone who likes to just make things and build and work in carpentry and all those things. And so that was always a hobby. But when I was in medical school, mm. but what I first found about plastic surgery was a book. It's a pretty famous reference book called uh, Grab and Smith's Plastic Surgery. And I just saw it in the bookstore and I started looking through it. And it was the most amazing experience I ever had because I was looking at page after page of patients who had been treated for mostly trauma. Plastic surgery arose largely. um, Well, you know, um, some of the earliest plastic surgery was in India. I don't know if you know about that, Um, but uh, for nasal reconstruction and um, the modern plastic surgery kind of arose out of World War One. Uh, when soldiers had these deformities that um, nobody could really treat. And so it took ingenuity and a lot of creativity to find ways to move tissue around and skin and and flaps. And I was looking at these pictures in awe, and then you see congenital plastic surgery with birth defects. Then you see burn plastic surgery, hand, um, you know, cosmetic. And it just felt like it was me. It was something I just, I couldn't take my eyes off of because it was a, a true synthesis of art, um, original thinking, and just a love to help transform people's bodies and make them better. And so that's kind of when I first learned about it and I, I pursued it and it's just, you know, the rest is history, but it's, it's really, I can't see myself doing any other form of medicine now that I've discovered plastic surgery and how good of a fit it is for, for my personality and my skills and my natural talents. And, um, it's really fun. It's a fun field and it's one of the best, uh, most gratifying experiences to see a patient from start to finish transform themselves into someone who had insecurities about something or had a defect from trauma or disease and have that that part of them restored it's it's truly amazing and i don't think you can see that in anything else that 
uh, physicians do. Exactly. Very, very true. Yeah. So um, here, like one more thing, like uh, your studies in the art and the art history in Florence uh, have influenced your surgical art history. So how do you see the connection between the art and the plastic surgery, particularly in the realm of cosmetic enhancements? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, some people, you tell them, you know, plastic surgery is an art, and I think they could understand that, but you don't really appreciate it until you've been in the field. And so I studied in Florence, Italy for a few months while I was in college and my favorite city in the world. I mean, I totally love Italy and I, you know, I've continued to study Italian and art history and everything, but one of my biggest inspirations was uh, Leonardo da Vinci. And, you know, of course he is for many people, but da Vinci was uh, the quintessential Renaissance man because he was a scientist he was an anatomist, he was an artist, he was an engineer, an inventor, and, and you know, somebody who just really tried to understand the world around him and more importantly, make it a better place for the people who lived in this world. Um, but when it comes to art and science and blending the two, um, it's most obvious in plastic surgery because you're dealing with especially cosmetic plastic surgery, form and function. Um, you got to take something and change it, which is what plastic means from the Greek plastikos, change it into a different form. And if you don't have an eye for that, if you don't have an innate kind of artistic artistic sensibility, it's a hard time um, seeing the, the outcome the way that you'd want. So there's plenty of really good physicians and really good surgeons who know the science and the medicine. But you need to have an eye for it. And I think the ones who end up failing or being um, unsuccessful in cosmetic surgery are those who just don't have a natural art artistic uh, talent. And so I'm lucky to have found a part of medicine that matches my talents. Um, but I would be probably really bad in another form of medicine that requires, like, I don't know, nephrology or something, a lot of more, um, you know, molecular biology training or, or things that are more chemics chemistry related than hands-on physical um, artistic uh, challenges that we deal with every day. Wow. So, yeah. So um, in addition to the surgical procedures, you also have ventured into the realm of health and the wellness uh, with mm -hmm. Chinese brand products. So what motivated you to expand uh, into the uh, nutraceutical and uh, how do these products contribute to the longevity and the overall well-being? Like I said, I mean, we're holistic, right? So we're, we are complicated uh, mm -hmm. individuals. And so when it comes to health and wellness, and those words are linked and often thrown about, um, yeah. we're talking mind, you know, spiritual, physical, internal health and physical appearance. And so it's all, inter it all is interconnected. Um, we have a medical spa here adjacent to the plastic surgery center. So I don't just operate on people cut. So, and then send them on their way. The spa is a way to help in many emotional aspects like relaxation. It helps the skin treatment. We do a lot of, um, aesthetic skin care and medical skin care, massage and nails. And so that all is sort of like a precursor to the plastic surgery and also a, a follow-up continuing care. 
So that kind of combines all those aspects. But what was missing is really um, nutrition-based, uh, holistic approach because there's certain things that improve the quality of your skin, the quality of your hair and your nails, and that's largely nutrition. And then also um, a lot of my other ventures are more into business and entrepreneurship because um, it's just something that I think allows me to really give the most value to my patients or the most value to the people who I interact with. Uh, you, you know, it, it's sort of like not, not a one-stop shop, but a complete picture. You want to come here and know that every part of you will be addressed when it comes to leaving feeling better about yourself. And so that's kind of how Xanus brand products came about. And it's still pretty early on, but we do try to focus on um, well-proven nutraceuticals that are, can be used for just ge general supplementation. We have makeup and cosmetics that are very natural um, and um, wonderful to enhance, you know, your appearance. Um, and one thing that I'm super excited about and uh, am working on currently very, very actively is a new um, single product line for rejuvenation that it's a little bit secret still because um, it's still in research and development phase, right. but it's always looking for something better. And so one thing that we do a lot in plastics is, and in general cosmetic medicine is injectables, you know, Botox, fillers, things to help improve the um, the skin's appearance with a reduction of wrinkles, as well as increased fullness and hydration. But those things are super expensive and they are, uncomfortable and inconvenient. So I've been working on a replacement for that that is at-home treatment that is non-painful and that is even more effective because it includes several other ingredients that do more than just relax the muscles that cause wrinkling and also hydrate the skin. So th this is something that I'm super excited about because it's like if this works, and that's what we're going to do through our trials. Um, if this works, then you can reach more people. It'll be more cost effective. And although I like doing Botox and fillers, I'd be happy to never have to do them again if people have a better option that they can do um, for, their, for themselves at home. Exactly. So that'll be another follow-up podcast because that's about six months away from being uh, released. That's something really great. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's all about the art. It's all about uh, how better we can do. It's all about that feeling. So it's really great thing. Yeah. So uh, like you, you also mentioned about the beauty thing. So beauty standards vary uh, across the cultures of the time. So how do you approach helping individuals achieve uh, their aesthetic goals while also ensuring that uh, their mental and the emotional well-being is in the process. Um, well, you know, that's uh, interesting. I, I am a podcast host myself, and we have a show called Beauty Calls with Dr. Z. Mm -hmm. Beauty Calls is where um, I meet and interview people in the health and wellness and beauty industry. And one of the questions that I always ask my guests is, before we finish, how do you define beauty? Because like you said, it varies, right? Yes. Across not just cultures and generations, but just person to person. And I've gotten so many different answers. 
And I have to admit, um, I have an idea and a feeling of what beauty is, but no one's ever asked me that because I'm the one asking the question. And um, it is so complicated. The, the basic thing I can say is beauty really is a spiritual experience. It really is. Because without a divine power or some supernatural element that is feeding um, our souls, which I call God, there's no, there's no benchmark or standard for beauty, right? There's no, there's nothing that will give you this feeling inside of your heart. When you see a sunset, that's beautiful. Why does it make you feel good? Why are we evolved to have this release of hormones and chemicals that gives us a euphoria when you see certain colors um, in the sky? It, it, it shouldn't. I mean, you could, it, there's no purpose in that. But when you feel that sensation, um, it's an emotional experience and it's a spiritual experience. But what elicits that can be different for different people. What's really interesting to me is that it's very standard for most of the world. You might say there's different trends in fashion or right now, you know, having a, a big butt is really in fashion, but in 10 years, it'll be having a really slim butt. So, so some things like that, that might come and go. But the base tenets of what are perceived as beautiful, even in music, you know, music trends come and go. Some people like this, some people like that. But I don't think that um, there will ever be a major shift in what people hear and say, oh, that is uh, amazing. And then in a hundred years, they say that is disgusting and it hurts my ears. So answering these questions is more of a philosophical thing, but in addressing each person's beauty standards and what they are looking for, it's, it's up to you. It's what makes you happy. And some people, um, you know, just have their own definition and ideal of what they uh, appreciate. And I try to listen foremost and sometimes you have to turn people away. Sometimes patients come in and they say, I want this. And you don't want to be judgmental about it. But if it is not within a realistic, reasonable request or, um, you know, I am in essence the artist. I'm putting my signature on this patient. And I don't like to think of it that way. But I don't want to do something that is going to hurt them. And I don't definitely don't want to do something that is... Um, going to, in, in some way, um, damage their self-image. And although they might think this thing is going to make them better, if I don't feel it or if I don't agree with it or if it's not within my artistic sensibility, I'll just respectfully say, I don't think I, don't think I can help you. But that's not too common. Most of the time, people have very good requests or little things that have always bothered them that they're insecure about that they want to change. And it's something we can easily fix. And it's um, a very uh, positive result when you align expectations with realistic goals in someone who actually has a solvable problem. So um, I'm not sure if I've answered your question. It's been a very roundabout <laughs> uh, response, but uh, it's a very complicated question you ask. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So then, uh, one one very very easy easy question is, looking ahead, what are the developments uh, do you anticipate in the field of uh, cosmetic medicine, 
especially uh, regarding the non-surgical treatments and the advancements in the technology. Well, for sure, there's going to be advancements. And um, the interesting thing is that non-surgical technology has been growing exponentially. And um, one of the main reasons is because we look for easier solutions, safer solutions, but also it gives access to more people, which sometimes is good and sometimes is bad. You know, lasers is one example. Every other year, laser technology is um, exceeded the previous model for that modality. And so it's constantly getting better and better. But it still can only do so much, right? So we do need surgeons who can actually cut and do physical immediate change to the body. When you have these, uh, you know, technological advances, they should be a good supplement, but you have to know the limitations and you can't expect to treat everybody with the same piece of technology. So what I think that we're going to be getting in the future, especially, you know, everyone's talking about AI and AI. Well, AI is just a way to help speed up and advance our um, improvements. And so I think what we're going to find is better ways to assess patient needs and better ways in determining like an algorithm of what all needs to go into producing a certain outcome or a result um, and maybe some uh, automated ways to do it. But in other words, you know, take a scan of an individual that goes deep from, you know, the skin molecular structure all the way to just the physical balance and proportion of their body, take a scan that will then analyze and give you um, an output of high levels of probability for success of certain interventions and making suggestions. And maybe some of those things will be automated, but then you can really do a holistic thing, science-based and and fuse that with your artistic sense versus just shots in the dark or, Hey, we'll do Botox. Hey, we'll do this. And, you know, it's, it's much more, um, exciting to think of that the availability of technology that can put huge sets of data together and give a little plan that will be focused on a specific individual. Basically, what I'm saying is technology can probably advance in the next 20 years to where each individual, just the same way with biochemistry and medicine, will have a very focused and individualized treatment plan based on their body and their skin type and et cetera, and also their um, their genetics that right now is more of just a generalist kind of blanket approach to treating people. Um, I've, I've talked with people who do um, these genetic testing um, guidelines for uh, health based on your genome. And that's kind of at the very forefront of what we're talking about taking a DNA sample and then cultivating a, uh, a, a medical treatment plan for uh, your longevity, blood pressure, diabetes, um, endocrine, all of those things based on your DNA, not just based on population studies, because most of the medicine and most of the treatment suggestions come from population studies, not individual studies. And so it doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody. Wow. That's that's really great. So uh, before we wrap up, like on a personal level, how do you uh, incorporate the wellness practices into your daily life to maintain both the physical and the mental uh, health amidst kind of demanding prof- profession? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a that's something that m- most most physicians, I think, um, in this field, <laughs> struggle with because um, you you really have to practice what you preach. You can't be uh, hypocritical, but still, you know, I got my own issues. I'm not a machine, and so what I what I have difficulty with sometimes is um, slowing down, meditating, um, taking time for more of a you know emotional spiritual growth so i've been implementing that into my daily life reading scriptures um exercise of course is always hard the what, what things that i have done um recently to help improve just my general physical fitness and i think every anyone can do and what i really explore a lot on my podcast is um just moving movement you don't have to go to the gym 5 days a week you don't have to be a runner but just stay moving our sedentary lifestyle, sitting at a desk like we're doing now, is inevitable. But um, you know, as we age, we find out that we lose flexibility, our joints get tight, and um, going for a walk for a half hour a day, doing some stretching or some deep um, squats every day, just when you're, you know, before you're getting ready for bed, little maneuvers that um, allow you on a regular basis to improve and improve your flexibility. I think those are the kind of things that anyone can do that will really pay dividends in the end um, without a whole lot of thinking about it because it becomes just habit. And then, of course, diet and what you eat and avoiding sugar. Um, so if I had to give you some of the the key takeaways of what I put into my daily routine and practice, and like I said, I'm uh, uh, I'm not the ultimate role model for doing it because I'm uh, I'm still trying to find the the best balance for my own life, which everyone has to do. Um, but number one, I would suggest getting solid sleep. Everyone says sleep, sleep is important. Sleep is important. It's so much more important than we even know. An extra half hour sleep a night can make an, a, an enormous difference in your, not just your energy levels and your, and your general health, but also your longevity and how long you live. So try to get what's appropriate for you, but at least seven to nine hours of sleep and it's different for person to person more movement and stretching and actually um, using your body in a way that it was designed to instead of being sedentary and sitting Um, i like to incorporate certain um, supplements and vitamins i think magnesium is very very important um, and something that most people at least in our culture are deficient in Um, vitamin d as well and um, a lot of antioxidants like zinc and vitamin C and things. So you don't have to go overboard with with supplements. I mean, you could end up taking 100 pills a day, and that's not going to be good for you either. But um, just just really exploring and researching and finding what really is necessary in your life and making small steps that are sustainable that you can do on a regular basis without thinking about, in other words, turning them into a habit that cumulatively, small little habit changes over time, make huge, huge differences. You could be talking about, I'm going to make five little changes that take two minutes a day that add five years to my lifespan. And um, there's research um, that can support that, but you have to know what, what to look at and where to read it. So my advice is, you know, just stay hungry for knowledge, listen to podcasts, read. But the most important thing is Try to understand your body and make some critical yet manageable changes to your daily routine so that um, 
in the long run, they add up to a benefit that um, will, will add quality to your life. Lovely, lovely, great. Thank you so much. And as we conclude this enlightening journey into the world of timeless beauty, rejuvenation and the holistic wellness with Dr. John, we definitely want to uh, extend our gratitude for his invaluable insights and uh, Dr. Jain is your passion for blending the artistic uh, uh, I mean, precision with the medical expertise has definitely illuminated the possibilities within the uh, plastic surgery and the pursuit of the enduring uh, beauty. So listeners, like if, I mean, we hope that this episode has provided you with a deeper understanding of the artistry and the innovation uh, involved in the cosmetic procedures, as well as the commitment to holistic well-being. So uh, remember that the true beauty transcends the physical, it encompasses the self-confidence self-care and embraces the one's unique journey so if you if you found inspiration into this conversation uh considering uh exploring dr janice contributions to the beauty health and the wellness on his platform at janice.com which i already mentioned which is jnis.com his dedication to the longevity medicine and living well serves as the guiding light for those who are seeking to enhance their lives so as Always, thank you so much for tuning into Healthy Mind and Healthy Life. And we look forward to bringing you more engaging conversations that empower you on your journey to a healthy mind and a healthy life. So stay tuned, stay vibrant, and until next time, be well. So thank you so much. Namaste.